What up, Long Beach? We're back for the second episode of the LB Fisho podcast for the 2019-20 athletic calendar here on the campus of Long Beach State. As always, this show features the one and only director of athletics, Andy Fee, and it's hosted by the562.org, which is myself, JJ Fiddler, and my co-host, Mike Carabasio. Mike's going to be talking to women's volleyball coach, Joy mckenzie Fearbringer later on in the show. But first, Andy, thanks for taking the time. How you been? I'm doing good. The pleasure, as always, is on this side of the table. You know, we are kind of stuck in a weird spot this week. You're a very busy man, and we're recording this on Friday. Usually, we record it on Monday, so we're able to kind of recap the weekend. We can't do that. So instead of doing this week at the beach, why don't we do this week with Andy Fee? I know you're always running around doing multiple events, and I'm sure this week was no different. So why don't we kind of go back over the last four days, four or five days, and talk about what you've been doing here on campus. Yeah, so, um, you know, my, my duties um, are very broad, so there's a little bit of everything. Every week is different. They're, they're always packed. This week actually was somewhat quiet, I'll call it, uh, because we had the holiday on Monday. Uh, but uh, it was quiet, but not quiet, because yeah. we had women's soccer. Yeah, you know— when was the last Labor Day you had off? I Let's couldn't be even tell you, to be honest. What is Labor Day? I think that means I'm working, is what I think it is. <laughs> I'm looking at your calendar. This is not a slow week. It was Labor Day with women's soccer. The women's soccer team picking up their first victory over the University of San Diego. A great overtime win. The gold, black and golden goal from Kayla Cannon. You can check out the video of that at the562.org. But you didn't just get to go to a game on Monday. You're actually preparing for one of the most important events on the calendar for Long Beach State Athletics each and every year. It's Jewels of the Night. It's coming up this weekend on Saturday, September 14th. And it's at a different time of year. So you guys are preparing for something that you know, but that's a little different this time. Yeah, normally we wouldn't be necessarily talking about Jewels. We would just be talking about probably kicking off the year and maybe recapping Jewels probably. Right. Um, but due to the timing of uh, the NCAA men's volleyball tournament, we hosted the national championship and won it in the Walter Pyramid. Robble, robble. Robble, robble. Uh, we, uh, we, we would have been double booked. So we, we had to look at a different time to do um, that event. And then we would have gotten a commencement. Long story short, we said, hey, let's kick off the year with mm-hmm. Jewels. So uh, yeah, September. September 14th, Saturday night, uh, is the 25th anniversary of Jewels of the Night. So I've been having quite a number of meetings with my development staff uh, to make sure we put on a great event. And what does that meeting entail? Like, are you still planning stuff this close to it, or are you kind of wrapping things up? Do you already know which restaurants are going to be involved? Yeah, so it's kind of wrapping things up and and just kind of uh, dotting the I's and crossing the T's. Uh, It's a lot of who's sitting at what table, Who's going to be there? You know, they, they want me to continually look at the lists of folks that are there. Uh, we want to make sure that we're thanking uh, the appropriate people, that the timelines are working. You know, if I'm speaking, when am I speaking? You've been to a few of them now. What's your favorite part? Uh, you know, I, I really enjoy – it's probably actually the greeting. I love walking – myself walking and seeing the floor because it's really spectacular – But just watching so many people come in and seeing their faces, because this is one of the most fun nights. Uh, Obviously, all of the restaurants come in, so the food is off the charts. Um, And, you know, and and I love I love food. I'll be honest with you. So (laughs) when I can get a little bit of everything and we have such great restaurants here in Long Beach, it's pretty easy to point to that. It is the best 30 minutes of eating of my year every year. It's absolutely delicious, and it does shine a light on all the great places here in Long Beach because most of them are involved with Jewels of the Night. How does somebody, let's say somebody who maybe has never been, get involved and come to Jewels of the Night this year? 
Yeah, so uh, we, we've we've got a link online that you can get to, but you know the easiest way for people is to call our ticket office, and they can get you connected to the development staff, five six two nine eight five four nine four nine, and they can direct you through there. But um, you know you can also go to beachathleticfund.com, uh, which has information, links, all all of that 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 data that you need. Uh, but it's going to be a great event. If you've never been, I really encourage you to go. There's such great auction items uh, that you can bid on, uh, and all of those proceeds go directly to scholarships for student-athletes. And you don't have to keep the auction items for yourself. I remember a couple years ago they had a signed, I think it was pretty much the whole team, that 1989 Long Beach State quote-unquote dirtbags, the first dirtbag team that a bunch of guys signed it, and I gave it to our guy, Bobby Hawk, as a graduation gift that year. Because it's just a great place to pick up good sports memorabilia gifts. And I think that it's a good time to start getting your Christmas gifts early. Yeah, so bring a, couple, a little extra cash and knock some things off of your Christmas shopping list at Jewels of the Night. Bid early, bid often. You know, they're, they're, they're great, uh, great, great things. And, you know, one that I've got my eye on and, and I'm teasing it a little bit is uh, we have a signed jersey, a dirtbag jersey. And it's Evan Longoria, Troy Tulowitzki. <laughs> Um, and it's pretty awesome. So, you know, it, uh, and I think Jared Weaver's also on there as oh, well. Man. So the three of them, the trifecta of, uh, uh, some of the great dirt bags and it's framed professionally. It's the whole nine yards. It's legit. And our good friend, Bruce Double D Mac Ray actually donated that item. So it's, uh, I, I think it's going to go for a nice price. Double D shouts for sure. I think I might just park right next to that table and watch the, the joy and disappointment of people bidding on that thing and then having people bid against them and bid against them. I, to, to all those out there, I'm bidding on it because this <laughs> thing, when you see it, it is legit. Awesome. So that was Monday, meetings, soccer match, more meetings on Tuesday. You were meeting with the president, executive team, and also your senior staff, right? Yeah, so uh, typically every Monday um, I start my day uh, over at Brotman Hall and, and I serve on the president's cabinet, the executive team, which are the vice presidents, provost, myself, and, and that's a two-hour meeting to talk about all things Long Beach State. So, so basically the most powerful people on campus. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't know if we're technically all allowed to be at the same place at the same time. Yeah, doesn't one of you have to stay in your office or something like yeah, that? Yeah, that, that's right, in the bunker, you know. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but it's a great opportunity for me because – um, I get to hear all of the great things that are happening on campus and then also share with my fellow vice presidents what's happening and, and obviously the president. So that that was Tuesday morning. Um, you know, as we mentioned, more meetings in the afternoon around um, jewels and actually I'm meeting with housing and then my senior staff meeting, which is every Tuesday. Um, that's another two hour meeting. So I meet with all my department heads and basically it's an opportunity for them to report to me what right. we're working on, progress. Uh, for me to kind of assign new projects, new direction, and updates. So, you know, it's those are critical meetings. I was going to say, are those more critical in the beginning of the year than they are in the end of the year? Yeah, especially, I mean, right now, those are the things that we're, we're setting in place. So we, we've, we've got our goals, and we want to make sure, I want to make sure that, that people know um, if there's any questions around what we're supposed to be doing, but it sets the tone for the entire year. Is that the meeting where all the good ideas come from? Uh, totally. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's like we're launching rockets from my office from 3 to 5 every Tuesday. Well, you went from meeting with your senior staff to meeting with the head coaches on Wednesday morning, which I'm sure is probably one of the more important meetings for the year. Because in your job, and really in sports, managed expectations are kind of the name of the game. If you have that on lock, your ability to, su to succeed in many different avenues kind of rises. So 
How do you deal with different head coaches and different expectations in managing those? Yeah, I mean, as you said, it's critical. I, I want to make sure that, that our coaches, our staff, always know what's expected of them. And, and that's no less what I, what I want as an employee. I want to know exactly how am I, you know, being measured, you know, what, what are the objectives, and, and, and I can go do my job knowing the, those critical pieces. So this is an opportunity um, once a month. All the head coaches come in. Um, the first half of the meeting, I have my senior staff there for, for any specific questions or things that mm-hmm. we want to contact. But the, the back half of the meeting are just the head coaches and myself. And this is an open forum for them to, to talk to me and, and it, in a place where they're not going to be judged necessarily. Right. And I, I want to encourage open conversations and, and things that they think about that they're, it's a safe place. Right. Well, you know, not just for this school, but for any situation like this. You've got a women's volleyball team that's in a rebuilding mode, and you've got a women's soccer team that is expected to be on the top of the conference every year. How do you make sure that those two programs, those two head coaches in very different situations, feel like the expectations for their programs and the program at large are the same? Well, you know, I, I think ultimately at the end of the day, we're all pulling on the rope the same way. And what I mean by that, one, one of the goals we have is to compete for and win the Commissioner's Cup. So in, in terms of Big West sports, um, it's critical for each of those sports to finish at the top or as near the top as they can. So, you know, it could be Mauricio who is picked to finish first, let's say, or women's volleyball who was preseason number four. Um, there's an expectation that if you're competing, it's it's to get as high and finish the best you can. So, one, everybody knows they need to be pulling on that rope together. Uh, certainly, um, the programs are different, right? Um, you know, some are, are competing in a space that's smaller. Um, that would be men's volleyball. There's less mm-hmm. men's volleyball teams. Um, there's about 50 or so. And then the women's volleyball program, there's about 330 at least programs in the United States. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it is different. So, you know, it's what I always, you can't treat everybody the same, but you treat people fairly. Right. And so the expectations have to be fair as well. So, you know, I always want to make sure that, that those coaches know that I understand their programs. So that's why these meetings are important. This is an opportunity for them to share, um, their strengths, their, their challenges, um, things that I can help them with. Um, so it really, conversations are critical. You also had some campus fundraising meetings on the on Wednesday, but I think the coolest event you went to on Wednesday was a men's volleyball trip to give some donations to the local community. Yeah, so uh, you know this sounds like the Bruce Double D Mac ratio right now, but uh, Bruce uh, was 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 great enough to connect us to the Long Beach Police Foundation, and um, they do a lot of programming to assist um, the homelessness uh, issue in, in the city of Long Beach, and so. Uh, men's volleyball, um, they, they had a, a bunch of shoes um, that uh, were left over, and we uh, have gifted those to, to the Police Foundation, uh, who will in turn get those out to the homeless uh, folks out there. And, and even something as small as that, it's, it's about giving back uh, to the community. And, and I really appreciate Coach Knipe and, and his student-athletes for embracing you know, giving back. I, told, I saw Nick outside. I said, we got to have the Macre magic on the podcast. So I think we could get it. I believe it. I think we could get it. If we work a, mo- a little bit more on Jules. Coming out of Jules, maybe we that, that like episode it. coming out. I like okay, it. I right. like it. Put it on the list. Speaking of lists, your list of things to do on Thursday was ridiculous. <laughs> you start the morning of Thursday. You've got a, pr- a pres- president's meeting about a pro rugby team coming to use the fields here on campus for practices, right? Yep. yep. Which is not something that most people think an athletic director has to deal with. Nope. You've also got the uh, student-athlete welcome back barbecue on Thursday. So that's incredible. You're meeting with Sarah Carrasco, your assistant. 
who actually we know because she played softball at Lakewood, then came here to play softball at Long Beach. We always talk about those kids that we covered for four years in high school, four years that's in college. Right, that's right. Imani McDonald, one of those. Sarah Marr, another one. Um, so that's so cool. Then lunch with the vice presidents about some budget issues. Yep, yep. Yeah, you- we're working, working across, reaching across aisles, as, as they say, to uh, – to get things done, you have to collaborate on our campus, and, and that's how we get projects done is is getting uh, support from others. Yeah, you're meeting with the Health and Human Services about the gold mine. You're meeting with Ashley Kite about external relations. You're meeting with donors at a function downtown. And then after all of that, you come back here for the women's volleyball home opener. That's right. Go Beach. Jiminy know. Christmas. <laughs> Andy, how did you get through all that? You just keep moving. That's the best way I describe <laughs> it. Don't sit down. Hey, I, you mentioned the gold mine. You were saying that there's renovations. What, what are you guys planning on doing? So we're looking at that. Obviously, it's one of our older facilities here on campus and has a really uh, proud legacy and tradition. And um, it's time for kind of a, a makeover. So we, we met because the kinesiology department is housed out of uh, those facilities building right. over there as well. So it's academics, it's athletics. So again, it's the partnerships that I was talking about is, is working with uh, the dean of the College of Health and Human Services, Monica Lounsbury, uh, to see what we can do there. So, um, you know, the simple things are just, uh, you know, what does a fresh coat of paint, you know, do to the right. place? What about refreshing the floor, the baskets, the nets, all of the little, the scoreboard, you know, all of it these could use things, all of that, all of it and more. <laughs> so it's coming up with a plan. So uh, right. we're creating kind of a, a master plan, so to speak, of how we tackle it one bite at a time. Yeah. You had a lunch uh, with some of the vice presidents as well. What what type of lunch menu do you go off of? Are you like are you a salad guy? You look like a salad. I did guy. I did go salad. I went uh, I went with a Caesar salad with what I, I'm a big shrimp guy, big, big shrimp. shrimp guy. So okay. I went with uh, kind of some blackened shrimp. Ooh. I'm like uh, you know Forrest Gump, you know lemon shrimp, <laughs> chicken shrimp. You know I, I go down the list. I'll eat it. Fair but uh, but I had a great salad at, uh, at the Boathouse, who's a wonderful supporter of us. Great restaurant. John Morris, uh, his son Brian taking care of us. Great uh, supporter of the Long Beach Century Club as well. That's right. So uh, it was great to see them. And again, it's working and finding those, those partnerships because a lot of times, whether you know it or not, you're actually pulling on the rope together. You yeah. just may not see it. So when you have those discussions... Um, it really does help move things much more quickly in our system. Yeah, and and then obviously Friday you prepared all day for this podcast. All day, you know, <laughs> taking notes this morning, you know, <laughs> me, 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 la, 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 you know, just check, check, one, two, yeah, one, two. Voice, so. voice exercises yes. are key to good podcasting for sure. Uh, and then you've obviously got a busy week coming up. Women's volleyball against UCLA. Soccer at home on Sunday again. And then you're going to be traveling with the women's golf team to Minnesota because head coach Joyce Rule is on maternity leave. Again, I had no idea that that even fell under the athletic director's responsibilities. Yeah, you know, it is kind of funny. I, 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 I can honestly tell you it, it's more I think I'm going to be the Gatorade guy going to, to fetch Gatorade for, uh, for the athletes while I'm there. Uh, coach Michael Wilson um, he'll be there assisting okay. since Coach Sarul will, will, will be out. But um, Mackenzie, who, who is our uh, assistant women's golf coach, she'll, she'll be running the show. And uh, I'm simply there to, to just kind of help and be a little bit of a presence and uh, cheer them on, really. That's wow. what I'll be doing. I'll be doing golf claps, though, so it won't be too loud. Okay. Well, can, can you get some sleep on the plane? 
So you don't burn yourself Mix out. Mix in a few hours, First right? month of the season. Thank you so much for coming on, Andy. We'll talk to you again after this interview. So before we go to Mike and the interview, we wanted to remind Long Beach State fans about the 562.org and all the coverage that we're providing. The newsletter, videos, previews, recaps, photo galleries, Twitter updates, and interaction is all available at the website right now. Make sure you subscribe. There's a big button in the top right-hand corner of the website. You cannot miss it. All right, we're joined by Joy McKenzie Fuhrbringer, the head coach of the women's volleyball team at Long Beach State. Joy, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. So how are you guys doing? Things uh, things going 100 miles an hour right now, it feels like? You know, it is it is going fast. Uh, we, you know, we've had a pretty busy schedule and, and things are going fast. But, you know, when we're in the gym, things are slowing down. And when, and when we're competing, they're slowing down. It's just the in-betweens, yes. the nuances that are that – are, blowing by us so you guys just hosted the long beach state mizuno classic with ucla and georgia and texas state um highlight at least from what i saw might have been that ucla match uh you guys lost in three but all three of them went to extra points i feel like that was one of those matches where when we talked before the season you said you felt like you guys were way ahead of where you've been at this time of year the last couple of seasons is that one of those matches you can kind of use as a bellwether to say okay, yeah, we, we can see the progress, even if it's not necessarily the finished project that we're working towards. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, we put ourselves in a situation where we had opportunities and we just didn't capitalize on them. And we just got to be better and recognize when those are the, those opportunities are in front of us and have a little bit more of a go for it mentality. You know, I think, you know, we talked to the girls about, hey, if you're not going for it, nothing's going to happen. We've got to go for it and make things happen. How do you manage as a coach, you want your team to be frustrated after a match like that because you want them to feel what you just said, right? That Mm -hmm. if we'd gone a little harder, maybe we win it. But you also don't want them to get – you don't want burnout either, right? You want them to see the progress and be proud of their progress. How do you manage the tension between those – like the the extremes of those two viewpoints are very far apart from each other, right? So how do you kind of manage that part of this process? Uh, you know, what we like to do is really point out the things that we're doing well. And then, you know, with that match, it's it's really just watching video and going, hey, look at this opportunity that we had. And we could have been just a little bit better. And that would have created the point. We could have taken the game right here. And just, you know, like I said before, is we're creating those situations for ourselves. So at least we're putting ourselves in those situations where we can capitalize on them. And we, now we just got to recognize it and really stomp on it yeah so So you guys are two and four so far um tell us a little bit about this year's team uh there's a couple returners i think probably most of your fans are familiar with uh haley harward we've talked about kj norveal and aries way what's it like having that kind of veteran leadership you know that you're getting from those three uh you know i'm really proud of all three of them this year i think they've really taken on uh leadership in our really leading us as seniors. Uh, you'll see Haley Harwood is, we moved her from, she's in the libero position, but we moved her from left back to millibac. I think she's put up a lot of uh, double digit numbers and digs. So she's controlling that back row. Is she, it's just her, is her ability to, your ability to keep her in that position kind of a sign of what we talked about with that increased depth? Because she's someone who is recruited here uh, by Brian as a libero and then has basically had to play right. <laughs> like everything right. except for setter, it feels like, um, just because of injuries and depth issues. How happy were you? How happy was she to, you know, you get to say, no, you can wear the white jersey tonight. And yeah. We're not going to make you switch after the first set, you know. Well, she was really happy when we told her, hey, you're just playing libero. You know, unfortunately, we do have one of our six rotation outside hitters who's a newcomer. 
uh, Avery Nelson, who's been out with a with a an injured finger, who who we expect to be back probably in the next three weeks. She'll miss preseason, but you know, for Haley to hear that was you know, that's her true position. And it's nice to see her really taking control of that. Uh, and then you, you mentioned Ari Joie, who's we've got great play out of. She's gotten came back stronger this year. Um, and we're seeing a lot of offense out of her. But what we didn't see before was her blocking in defense and her serving uh, at the end line. And we've been really proud of her. She's really taken control of that. And actually, she's scoring more points when she's serving for us than when she's in the front right. row. You know, she's been taking over at the serving line, which, you know, we tell them, hey, let's attack from the service line and yeah. get some points. And That's she's... what you expect from a middle blocker, right? Just serve domination, you know? Well, you know, she's a great defender, too. So I think the more we see her, you're going to see her playing and digging some balls, and people get a little surprised by that. But, you know, Aerie's one of our best defenders also. Um, at, at KJ, obviously, I think we talked before the season, you said was sort of the breath of fresh air, just working our way back from injury and, and yeah. really taking over a leadership position. How happy are you personally when you see a kid go through that kind of a journey? You know, I'm, I'm just really happy and proud of her and the time she put in. And, um, you know, we felt so bad we got the position and she blew her knee out within the month, first month. And so we didn't really get to see her play. And, and just to see her determination and um, the best thing that she does and did was just she just stayed part of the team. She kept that leadership role. She led however she could. She was the eyes for the middles that were out there. The injury um, didn't isolate her and sort, you know, sort of because that happens sometimes. It right? does. I mean, it's a frustrating experience. Yeah. And you can feel, you know, like you're not part of the team, but she. Uh, took on that role so I was really proud of her and then it's just I think for especially Haley and Ari to see the kid they came in with out there playing and playing so well you know she's really starting to execute now Um, you know we're just really happy that she's out there so you got the construction of your team this year is sort of like fascinating to me and whenever you come in and have to you know sort of rebuild a program from the foundations a little bit it's not uncommon to see this where you see okay here's the three seniors and you know we're, we're we've got them leading the way but then a, a lot of the bulk of the rest of the talent is your freshmen and your sophomores right so you have this sort of stratification of here's the senior leadership and then here's some kids who went to their first college class three weeks ago yeah <laughs> that we need to start how do you manage that you know do you look to the seniors to manage it how does how do you put that particular construct of a team together well we've got a lot of younger um, you know the underclassmen that have done really well in their high schools or clubs and played at a high level Uh, but the one thing that we talked to the team and spent a lot at preseason is that hey everyone's a leader here so in whatever way you lead or however you feel like you can contribute um, you're a leader so uh, you know we do a lot where we, you know, we have uh, discussions, but everybody is included in the discussion. Everyone, we hear everybody uh, and their thoughts on certain things. So um, I, we don't want to treat the freshmen or sophomores, although they are freshmen and sophomores, like freshmen and sophomores. We right. want to take on a bigger role. And But the only way they can do that is if we have great leadership from our seniors. And, you know, we've with all three of them, you know, Aries, Aries more of our shy kid, but she's really taken on a leadership role Yeah. also. Um, but we're really proud of these guys and what, you know, where they've come from sophomore year till now. It's, I, I guess it doesn't surprise me that you're saying that's sort of been a focus because I think Haley, when I was talking to her for the preview said 
this was really the first year where she felt like she couldn't feel a big difference between the classes. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That it felt like it was really a one team um, kind of a unit. And I, I sort of laughed and I said, well, you're kind of complimenting yourself, you know, right? I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. you're a senior, so it's sort of your job to give it that feel, right? Yep. Um, so, you know, tell me about uh, the, the upcoming schedule. You guys are going to Florida. You're mm -hmm. going to be on the road for three weeks or <laughs> a couple of weeks, not back in the pyramid until September 27th, yeah. uh, which will be a big one against Hawaii. Um, what are you looking forward to on the road trip, you know, on the court, off the court? And, and you know, what can fans, uh, what should fans kind of be keeping an eye on? Well, you know, uh, what we're looking for off the court is just getting to know each other more and, and you know, spending that time together and, um, you know, on the court is, is we've got two tough matches. We play, uh, two matches in one day, which I think is challenging anytime that you're traveling, but we're playing James Madison, South Florida. And so, you know, you got to come out with some grit and rest your body and recover and, and get right back into that mindset. So that recovery time is even if we're celebrating or if we're not celebrating, we right. got to really, yeah, it's not for me. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I could. <laughs> Well, survive two it's matches fast. in one day <laughs> um you know and of course florida is going to be a fun match because you know they're one of the top teams in the nation so whenever we get an opportunity to play any of these three teams you know we want to see where we're at and and go for it uh and then the the last weekend we're away but somewhat home we're down in san diego so right. you know um when you have a like what goes into the thought process putting the schedule together of having you know the road trips that you guys have taken you know you guys had a couple pretty long plane flights obviously um yeah. what what's the thought process is it like what you were talking about that you want to provide those opportunities for the team to get to know each other a little bit or is it just sort of like well we signed a home and home and this is the, yeah. <laughs> the time we have to well, fly i think it's a combination of all i think ideally we'd want to travel the second and fourth weekend um, but just a little plug for our athletics department. We are hosting Jewels of the Night, which is a big fundraiser and a great social event for all of Long Beach, and, and uh, that's on September 14th, and so that takes up one of our weekends. <laughs> yes. So, unfortunately. I would love to. See, I, see, this is maybe producer Roger can take this back to Andy or, uh, or next time I see him. Why don't we just do Jewels of the Night around a women's volleyball match, right? I, like we could just say. have it on the Everyone concourse. It could be dark up there <laughs> with some mood music, and then oh, and then hey, look, there happens to be this great volleyball match going on. Uh, I, I don't hey, know. It's a little twist, but I kind of like that. I idea. like it. It's kind of what the sandbar is, you know. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. It's just like throwing some auction items into the sandbar, basically. That's, that's all we're talking yeah. about. Um, okay, so the home schedule, uh, and as always, people can go to LongBeachState.com for tickets. Uh, you'll have that Friday match on September 27th against Hawaii, and then back on the road again for for a while, I think, yeah. before you guys have Fullerton here uh, in October. But, uh, yeah, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for telling us about the team, and uh, good luck to you guys on the road trip. Well, thank you, and thanks for what you guys do and, and promoting sports in Long Beach. We really appreciate it. Our pleasure. Another great interview for the LB Fee Show. And before we wrap things up, like we said two weeks ago, we're going to end on food stuff. I haven't thought of a cool name yet. I don't, I don't know if we need to figure out a cool name, but, uh, but brunch at the beach, maybe, you know, some, something like that. Even though I do love brunch, it's not the only food I like. Andy, do you have a food recommendation or something you ate last week that you want to let LB Nation know about? I have a very specific recommendation. And one of my favorites here is Prime by Shenandoah. So Ooh. one of the best Taco Tuesday locations uh, out there. Great little 
atmosphere setting and um you know if you like taco tuesday and there are a lot of great places to go here in long beach but if you haven't been to prime by shenandoah you need to get there good call good call yeah i've seen a couple new ones and most of them are pretty good so exciting new places to eat around the city i kind of went with two old favorites last week but my food thing is kind of more of a recommendation i had naples rib company and in and out on the same day it's pretty big time. Pretty big time. Pretty incredible day. As it was happening, I really couldn't believe it. I know it was the first time it had ever happened. It was very enjoyable. But it really threw my culinary access off, if you know what I mean, for I, the next I, few days. JJ, I was going to say, I mean, did you just collapse in your house asleep? Or how, was, how does that work? It was apex mountain of both emotions and my stomach. And then for the next three days, I had to shake it off. So... Uh, they're incredible. Eat them all the time. I just wouldn't do them together. I mean, what do you have, a Joey Chestnut over there? Yeah. I mean, what's going on? I did eight, walk 18 holes of golf that day, so <laughs> well, maybe I, I worked up an appetite. There you go. You earned it. <laughs> Andy, thank you so much for having us on this show and coming on this show and taking the time, as we said in, in the beginning of the show, what a schedule you keep. So, uh, so good luck and get some rest. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you guys next week, LB Nation. Take care.